What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. A is for alcoholic. We are here. We are back. We took a little bit of a break. To... Boo, boo, boo. That's my foghorn. No, uh, my air horn. <laughs> my celebration air horn. Yes. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> um, we back. My name is John Staley. I'm here with Jerry Wagner Jr. as always. Hi. Uh, it is a podcast about recovery, about alcoholism, addiction, dealing with it on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of our mission statements is is really or one of our mission statements. I guess, yeah, it could be a mission statement is that, you Fuck know, it, yeah. whatever recovery program that you are involved in, there's there we have to leave it at a certain point. We have to get to, we have to get to the, to the, to the work of life on a regular basis. And so a lot of our conversations deal with just dealing with that daily life that doesn't, that doesn't revolve around our recovery directly. At least that's our hope. Um, I and like mission statement better than manifesto. <laughs> manifesto has some... <laughs> here's our re- manifesto recovery. Mm-hmm. That's a little. It seems a little intense. It does yeah. That's why I like mission statement. Seems a little softer. The softer, smoother way. The softer, smoother way. The softer, mm-hmm. smoother, caramel way. We're like the yacht rock of recovery. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're just here. To we s- are. <laughs> yeah, we're here to slide in, slide on in, nice and satiny. Mm-hmm. You know, nice and on our yacht, there's no Coke. There's no whiskey. There was at one point, but then we threw it all overboard. We did. We did have to throw the Coke and the whiskey overboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we fuck with banana bread. Mm-hmm. We fuck with banana chips. Yeah. I well, I, <laughs> I got to be careful with the banana chips these days, Jerry. I can't eat too many. I mean, I, I haven't had a banana chip in a very long time because I would buy like oh, a whole bag. Oh, there's a lot of sugar. And, mm-hmm. <sighs> there's a lot of sugar. Mm-hmm. So I think, too, like... I've been having some difficulty. I know this is not related, but um, I thought I would be losing a lot more belly fat. And I think with like the quarantine and then the injury I had at the beginning or the the end of last year, and mm-hmm. like I haven't really like been able to. And I, I was thinking because I was doing all these sit ups, yeah, not a whole bunch of them. And I was like, maybe I'm just like my abs are getting bigger underneath my belly fat, and that's all it, it is. It could be. <laughs> you got to push on your ab, and then you can feel them under there. Because I don't have visible abs either. And I'm like, man, I really gotta cut like, like five pounds. But I'm mm-hmm. already lower than I'm already at like my base. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's what it is: is that they hide out under. So you just know that you have the core strength. You just gotta know it in your heart and right. in your head. And I, I just feel like I'm getting a little more like an old man barrel chested look is what's happening. You know? We're yeah. Like... The, oh, you're getting the Putin. <laughs> yeah, basically. You walk around looking like like Vladimir, like Putin, uh-huh. that Putin body, or like Christopherson. 
Yes. Like Chris Christopherson in that Blade 2 movie that I just watched with those guys. Not, nice. I wasn't even trying to plug the podcast. No, I was but just go ahead. And being like, yo, he's got an old man body. I guess I'll plug that. I did a podcast with a, a, podcast, a group of friends, and the podcast is called Harmless Phosphorescence. They uh, review and comment on every superhero movie ever made. So it's like 150 movies. And they're doing oh. it all in the chronological order they've been released. So they hit the 2000s and they hit me up. I watched Blade 2. It was wild as fuck. Christopher Christopherson has a barrel-chested body. And he's tan. <laughs> he's real tan, yeah. man. Yeah. So that's what I think yeah. I'm becoming is I'm going to be start becoming Christopher Christopherson if I don't you like, might as well, do something dude. with you the... Might as well. well, I just want to lose a little bit of the belly fat. And I don't think that sit-ups... I think I'm just eating too, much, too many carbs and not enough uh, protein. Even if I stay Probably. within the... Like, and I haven't really been like super strict on the the calories. Like I I count them, and I go running some days, and like I burn up. Anyhow, um, let's... do you feel do you feel strong though? You feel better. I do feel strong, and I do right. feel better. And I guess that's what's well, then most fuck important, it, right? Yeah. yeah, it's not like you got to dust off the beach body in 2020 because that shit ain't happening for a while. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, dust so... off the beach body in 2021, dude. 2021. All right, yeah. I'll be ready for bikini season next I'll year. I'll come down there. We'll micro okay. that shit. We'll get real ugly with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So today's <laughs> today's uh, we do uh, again. I, I guess I should tell you if you haven't listened before. We go through the alphabet and we pick a we pick a letter. We go through. Well, we we do it chronological. It's not chronological. Alphabetically, it's called an alphabetic. You go alphabetically. And uh, so today's A. We're gonna start the new season with A, and it's for ain't it funny? I think is what ain't we it said. Funny. Mm-hmm. And basically just the idea talking about comedy and humor in recovery and why it's important. Um, later on in the show, we did talk with comedian Jeanetta St. Clair, and mm-hmm. she gave us some insight into um, being a professional comedian and being a professional recovered alcoholic. Or I don't know if professional is the right I thought word. you were going to say professional alcoholic. And I'm like, dang. <laughs> well. Dang, John. Um, but yeah, just in recovery, yeah. And I don't think that anybody's really. I mean, I I, I should say I, I don't think I was ever. I remember th- I would say things like I used to be really good at drinking, but I don't think I ever right. was. I think I just thought that, right? I say it all the time, and I don't. Now that you bring it up, I don't think I was very good at it either. Because if I was good at it, I wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast with you about it. <laughs> right. That's you well. Know, that's maybe I, I don't know. Right. Hmm. Can you be good at being drunk? I feel like there's a period, a brief, not even. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of like when I started, when I first started at like 17, 18, 19, I wasn't good. Maybe there was a, right. maybe there was a short period where I was go, one, once I went out to bars regularly and kind of had it dialed in. But right. even then, the dialed in part would get thrown out the window as soon as I had too many. And then it was like, fuck it. Let's just, let's just rage. Yeah. And what a terrible word for, like, having fun. We're just going to fucking rage, We're going to rage. We're going to rage. Yeah. It's almost like falling down. Like, if you took a picture of someone who was in mid-fall and you had that one still image, it looks beautiful. But then you (laughs) replay it and they just Mm -hmm. eat fucking shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel like me saying I was good at drinking was. Like, it was one brief tiny moment that meant nothing. It really was just Mm -hmm. a blink of an eye where I was like... Because even where you said I had it dialed in, it's like you had what dialed in? Like how drunk I could get? Do you know what I mean? Like the way yeah. we think about it, the way we approach it. You know, with someone who's good at drinking just like someone who has a glass of wine and 
doesn't even get a buzz and they're like, cool, perfect, I'm going to bed now. You know, or is it mm-hmm. someone who can drink a fucking entire bottle of whiskey and fly a plane? You know, I don't know. And I think there's I'm, just this idea of being 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 over the top and being fun and being exciting, right? That's part right. of like being good at it. Is right. I could I could throw I could be I could be the life of the party. And it and then when was I ever really the life of the party? I mean, I suppose people would think that for a brief period before I just turned into a mess before I drank a, you know, drinking gin out of a plastic jug and my pants are right. down around my ankles. Well, I mean, in the moment <laughs> you were always the life of the party to me, even during the fireworks, I was like, Oh, John's a shit show. And this is great. Which is kind of now in hindsight, I'm like, ah, you're a fucking dick, Jerry. You know, like mm-hmm. your friend was like really wilding the fuck out. And you thought it was like, cause I used to think it was funny. That was my appeal. Right. It's like, I'm going to hang out with John. I'm going to make sure he doesn't go to jail or get beat up. So I'm being a good friend. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's going to fucking get w- drunk and weird and we're going to write all over him. Right. And then we're all going to think it's funny. And then, yeah. I remember having a moment of clarity one night during one of your birthday parties where everybody started writing on you. With markers, the, yeah. The bit saloon, yeah, yeah. With markers. Because that was the whole bit was John would get drunk, fall asleep, and everybody would write on him. And it, like, disturbed me. It, like, pissed me off. Like, I... Before I thought it was funny, but then when other people in a big group started doing it, I was like, that's fucked up. Like, that's like, I almost felt like it was very dehumanizing to you mm-hmm. in that moment. But then I got, and then I got real fucking mad about it and like wanted to fight someone and then drank some more and forgot. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> I remember that night. Well, some of it. And I, I think, you know, the idea was like, I'll be a human birthday card and you can say happy birthday to me on my body. And like, a, right. this, because I think part of it was I was trying to feed this need to be the center of attention. Mm-hmm. And so I would, you know, this was some, come up with some way to get everybody to show attention to me, even if it was not positive in any way, shape or form. Right. And, um, you know, there was some video of it taken and I remember watching it later and like this, seeing this like moment of even moment of clarity in my own eyes of like going like, what the fuck am I doing? What, what and, like right. just for a brief moment, like waking up out of that fog covered in sharpie and um on my 30th birthday you know <laughs> that's what it was is your 30th birthday wanting yeah. to have a big blowout you know um uh-huh. and it's just really sad like and i ha- i have the the little dvd whatever here i suppose i should i don't know that i should digitize it for com- you know commemorative sake but i mean i don't know maybe i should i don't know i don't know whether this stuff's worth keeping or not um, I mean, it's all part of your story. Right. I mean, even if it's the part you don't have to really revisit if you don't want to, but right. I don't know. I mean, I watched my wedding video recently. Well, during our last anniversary, sat down and watched it, and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, and we've talked about that before on this podcast, but mm-hmm. yeah, some of it was really funny, though, and that's where we go to the laughing part, right? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we did laugh about things while we were drinking. I think a lot of our relationship was based in like really dark, kind of fucked up gallows humor, mm-hmm. and through our recovery, I think we still have that type of gallows humor, but it's less at the expense of other people's misery and more at the expense of our own misery. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? At least that's how I feel about it. Like Previously, when you and I were drinking, we would talk shit and fuck around and make fun of other people and it was funny but now that we're sober and we joke around with each other it's still kind of dark i think it's still pretty dark actually but it's more of us kind of our shared experience is more the subject the meat the meat of the meal so to speak right i'm not Mm -hmm. i i rarely am i 
am I making fun of somebody else? And and if I do, I often will. I mean, I think that I I catch myself and I'm like, hey, especially when it comes to alcohol, right? Like, right. I'll yeah. be like, oh man, that dude's fucking wasted, you know. And right. part of mm-hmm. me, I I feel bad for that person. I I might make a joke or crack a joke or even have a funny thought. But ultimately, I either want to remove myself, like, yeah, I know exactly where that's at. I don't want to make fun of it, nor do I want to um, engage in it. It's like, yep, he's got to go. It's kind of like when um, when in that episode of The Simpsons where Homer uh, eats the chili pepper and has the, the acid trip. And yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I just think watched that the other day is I think Ralph tries to stop him or somebody goes, hey, Mr. Mr. Simpson, you forgot this. You know, hey, you something like don't don't go. And uh-huh. Otto grabs Ralph by the shoulder and says, let him go. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's on. He knows what <laughs> like, he's doing. Like Otto knows about having a having a trip and you just kind of have having to a bad me. trip. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I just that's kind of how I feel now. I go, well, he knows what he's doing and even if he doesn't, he'll have to figure it out one way or another eventually. But right. far be it for me to to poke fun at him. Right. So right. I think that a lot of the humor when it comes to my alcoholism is is definitely all at my own expense. And mm-hmm. not not to be mean to myself, but it's like Jesus Christ, John, whoever that person was, which was me, but that that I, I I I have to find some kind of humor in it to be able to look back on it and not be in pain all well, the time. You have to realize also how absurd the whole situation is. And when we were, you know, I was thinking about how mm-hmm. humor is for me this great coping mechanism. You know, sure. it is part of my coping mechanism and how fucking absurd it is and how dealing with pain and trauma, which you know, we talk about being for some of us being the root of our alcoholism or at least the spark that ignites that alcoholism or the mm-hmm. way to cope with that. Uh, and uh, like the other day, I, I fucking shinned myself really hard on this giant coffee table we have. I like barked my shin hard, like really hard to the point where I like I was almost in tears and I haven't almost cried from being in pain in a, like since I was a kid, you know. But I could feel like the tears welling up and it was just so absurd that I was, you know what I mean? That I just started laughing at it. It just was so funny. And that was my coping mechanism was almost like the laughing made it feel like it made it hurt less, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like that's a lot of when I sit in the rooms and hear people talk about how fucked up a situation is and we all laugh at it, whereas a normal person would kind of balk at it or be like offended or, or just be shocked at what we're laughing at, you know? Because that's our coping mechanism. We've sat in that trench. You know, I've sat in that hole. I've mm-hmm. sat on that anthill, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I want to read you this one little joke that I found that I thought was pretty funny. Um, an alcoholic wakes up in jail. He asks the police officer, he sees, why am I here? For drinking, replies the police officer. Great, says the man. When do we start? And it's this... <laughs> And it's this whole, I think what it pokes fun at and what it what it exposes is the level of oblivion and denial and obsession, right? That right. we could be in a moment where we're in jail and we can't, we don't, we don't fully realize the seriousness of our situation. Mm-hmm. And so... And that's how it always was. It was like, well, whatever the problem was, fuck it. Let's just drink. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't worry that's about my, it, man. 
yeah it's cool that's the way i cope that's the way i'll deal with it i'll just get fucking loaded and it'll just it'll pass it's just like the way i paid my bills <laughs> i i just didn't I mm-hmm. did it, and then they would put me in collections, and then I'd be like, "Keep calm, baby." I'd even sometimes I'd answer and be like, you "Can't, can't get blood from a stone," and hang up on them. And I thought if I ignored the bills long enough, they would just go away. Did they you know, ever? It was almost like no. I mean, the <laughs> motherfuckers are still hitting me up for shit I didn't pay like almost twenty years ago, because they just keep selling the debt, you know. Right. But um, and I've tried really hard to get on point. You know, there's still a few things, but anyway, this isn't about that. But mm-hmm. um. It's that 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 ignorance that, not ignorance of not knowing, but the willful ignorance of not wanting to know how bad it can get, or not, you know what I mean, the denial of how bad it is, you know, you you anesthetize yourself against it. That way, you don't have to deal with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of what you like, what you're talking about is is inventory. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, opening up the book, seeing what's really going on there, and I think that humor probably helps us get through some of our inventory sometimes well yeah especially what else are we gonna do you know like what else are you gonna do just sit around and be fucking bummed about it yeah mm-hmm. you're allowed to be bummed about it but that's it that's your one thing it's just mm-hmm. i'm always bummed about or i'm always serious serious or bummed and it's right. like damn dog really yeah it's not i yeah and i think like when you're when you're sharing your inventory with somebody else, when you're mm-hmm. telling somebody, and they come back at you with like, "Really, that's it?" Well, let me tell you that yeah. this, <laughs> I did something twice as bad, and you're like, "Oh shit, that wasn't that bad at all. That was kind of funny," and it's always funny in retrospect because there's things like I don't really love all of my I I I haven't really come to terms with all of the stories of my drunkenness, and we've talked about some of them. About right. me, like, exposing myself to a fucking restaurant full of people. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's still funny. I know, I know. I know for you, you're like, this is a hard thing. It's and a- it's very, I know it's not supposed to be insensitive on my no, end, no, no. but just how absurd that shit is. I'm like, it's I, I, nobody can see my ex- my expression. I'm just like, fucking really, John? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically what happened is, and I think we've already talked about this, we and did. maybe I just uh, need to talk about it over and over and over until it doesn't bother me anymore. But Just the whole podcast will be a different retelling of you mashing your dick on a window. Over and there a was a g- big window. I was outside on the street, and I just unzipped, and I mashed my genitalia against the window to a room full of people eating dinner i didn't i was so drunk i didn't there was no purpose or point to it other than to do it right and then at some point we were i was at some other club some music club and i remember my friend grabbing me and saying the police are looking for somebody who exposed themselves to the restaurant and like throwing me and and the cops didn't come get me but my friend took me and put me in the back of his car and said, get on the floor. I'm going to drive you home. And that was it. I never, maybe I, you know, and I feel really, I feel ashamed and I feel embarrassed and maybe I shouldn't anymore because that was what in 2006 or seven. Yeah, that was at least seven because I was living in Seattle at the time. You were up on Capitol Hill. So it's not like that Seattle police department was like, we got an APB out on the guy from modern family. He just mashed his dick (laughs) into a window. Basically. So, like, I think part of me, I feel like I got away with it and I shouldn't have. And there's right. some guilt in there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Again, that was 13 years ago. So, like, like, but it's, you're right. It's, you're like, 
It's stupid. It's funny. Like I got away with it. Whatever. It was, you know. I mean. I think. But it was a serious yeah. thing that sh- that's this this is not behavior. This is this is fucking criminal behavior. Correct. Correct. And it's also in the way that you perceive it, the way you look at it, and the way you're processing it. And mm-hmm. to you, it is was unacceptable. You feel shame about it and embarrassment about it and uh you have every right to feel that way like you if you feel that way you should and i'm not going to be the one to be like well you shouldn't feel that way because <laughs> right. you you own your own feelings about it and whatever amends you have to make or well now we're going to get thick into this program talk doggy so like whatever amends you got to make you I guess you got to make them or i don't know at least that's the part to- that's the thing that 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 troubles me is i don't know how to make amends for that i don't know who to talk to i don't know who to say right. i'm sorry to so that would be one of those things i guess you just got to make amends to yourself you make making a is that for what they fucking call, what do they the, call it the, uh, a living amends where you just i live? guess so yeah you just don't do that shit anymore which i know you won't because you're no. not like that anymore no. we are all in recovery because of our lives becoming unmanageable, but also I think it due in part to the mistakes we have made in the past. Mm-hmm. Like you just don't quit drinking because everything is peachy. You know what I'm saying? Like you did a lot of bad shit and that's why you're mm-hmm. here. You know, that's why we're all here sitting here talking to each other about it and trying to figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of shit I've done during my drinking career that I am incredibly uncomfortable with, incredibly uncomfortable with. And I have to like, and there's no amends I can make. Like you said, a living amends. And so I have to tell myself those are behaviors I cannot do or i won't do mm-hmm. but they're not even on they're they're not even in our wheelhouse for either of us no like we both aren't those same people no. everybody grows and changes you know mm-hmm. and and i don't know i think getting sober is like the biggest change both of us have made because it it was like a whole different path you know but i think i can still laugh about it on my end and i i, I don't mean to be insensitive <laughs> no, and i apologize because no. i know this is something that bothers you and then i'm like ha, 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 you know but I always felt like that's been the dynamic of our relationship too, and maybe that's my excuse for being so mean. But, but uh, I think it's just we have to kind of look back on those things and be like, yeah, what you did was gross. But it, I mean, to me, I'm still like, yeah, it was kind of fucking funny though. Mm-hmm. I mean, now now I wouldn't think it was funny, but for Jerry back then, right? You know, yeah. I think too. I mean, our dynamic was always my dynamic with most people, but also, but I think especially with you was like. I think this guy's cool. Like he's my friend. I like him. Like yeah, we, we hang thanks. out together, right? You know, that's but I mean right. I don't at the risk of sounding corny or stupid, like that's 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 part of the dynamic. But and mm-hmm. if I make him laugh, he'll think I'm cool. Right. Where the whole time my you know, flipped it on my end and I was just like, John's really fucking funny and he's smart <laughs> and like he possesses this kind of abandon that I wish I had. Like, I wished I could do stuff right. like that, like that you were doing, because I always felt like you were this, like, Hunter Thompson-esque, Kerouac, or, yeah, even Kerouac-esque kind of, like, figure to me, this Bukowski kind of, like, you were willing to get in touch with this side of you that I was afraid to. Mm-hmm. So I was always like, oh, John can be, like, a real fucking animal and, like, not give a shit that people are, like, really fucking off put by it he just mm-hmm. doesn't care he's just expressing himself as he is so we were like on both ends because i was like that's really sure. cool like i want to do that shit but i can't because i'm so self-aware and i'm always looking at what i'm doing and so fucking self-centered i can't like i'm mm-hmm. afraid you know so yeah yeah so it's it's just I, I and i don't think that um i think i was less I was trying to get in touch with something, but I was right. really 
doing it in such a bad and ill thought out and un I don't not unrefined, although it was very much unrefined. It was just right. I wasn't I wasn't really in touch with anything. I was just like acting out in a way that because inside I didn't feel that way. Inside I felt, right. you know, sad and depressed and alone and small and all of those things. And so <clears throat> I think more like the humor in the recovery of it is so that I can accept those parts of myself a little bit more. If I can make yeah. fun of it, if I can feel light about it, then I don't have to carry it as much. Because right. sure, there's shit that I've done, and like you said, embarrassing, shameful, guilt-ridden stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, I was there at your wedding, and I was on that right. on that video. You know, and I just and I have a couple of pictures, I think. Um, but it was just like it was a big for me. It was a big drunk fest the whole week, right? Well, it was for me too. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. It was an excuse to party. Right. And as weddings usually are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that, and not that to say that your wedding and your marriage and your relationship are not something that is, I don't know, valuable to you and to me. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. But it was just like, fuck Mm -hmm. it, whatever. Let's party. It was, to me, it was a day to get fucked up. But the significance of getting married to me was never about the day I got married. It was always about, like, the relationship I'm going to have after the day I got married, you know? Mm-hmm. I never understood that whole – I mean, this is kind of on a tangent, but I never got that whole idea of, like, the wedding day is the most important day of my life. And I'm like, nah. I mean, that, that's not socially tied in with me. Like, mm-hmm. the wedding day was a day for me to get trashed, you know. Mm-hmm. Now sober, if I, you know, if we ever got remarried or whatever, I mean, it would be a very somber, quiet, dark event. You know, it would be very <laughs> religious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be the same thing. It would just be a different kind of party. You know right. what I mean? It just wouldn't be a let's get fucking blitzed and on, let's go on a fucking five-day bender in the Arizona heat, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I but yeah, those things imagine. are... We did, we were we did some embarrassing shit and a lot of people did too, you know, in their past as well. But I can mm-hmm. I I try my hardest to look back on it and just kind of laugh at the things I feel like are appropriate to be laughed at, you know. And the other things I just kind of like have to, I don't know, reconcile with them, you mm-hmm. know, make them right in any way I can or make them right in a way any way that's possible, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I keep thinking back to that moment. I don't know if I could call the restaurant and say like, hey, back in 2007, I exposed myself to a restaurant full of people there and I just wanted to say I'm sorry. They're probably closed at this point. <laughs> right? I mean. Yeah, they probably closed before COVID. You know that, right? Like mm-hmm. a restaurant on Capitol Hill, like those shits don't I think it might have been long. part of Chop or Chaz or whatever there. I think it is. I think it is part of Chop right now. right there. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's um, still got your dick print on the window. Jesus. Yeah. See? It's, so I, I – I but I I still find a lot of the the humor in AA or in recovery very funny, right? Because yeah, it helps us commiserate. And later when we talk to uh, Janetta St. Clair um, on the on the program, she talks a lot about finding connection, and that's mm-hmm. something that I think that we can all everybody laughs, right? Well, most people, almost everybody laughs, and we understand what a laugh is. Like you don't even have right. to speak. The same language, right? And everybody understands like, oh, that person is laughing because of joy or something funny or, you know, right. whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think that that is something that really helps bring people together. And there's also, um, when I hear somebody make a joke about something awful that they did, there's a certain, it kind of takes the weight out of it and it kind of helps me feel a little more relief yeah. more than anything else. Yeah. Is this sort of like... It really does. Oh. <laughs> yes. It like pops the pressure, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. It's like that instant instant pot. Have you cooked with an instant pot yet? No, no, I haven't. It's just a natu- rice cooker, It's like right? a pressure cooker. No, okay. it's ba- it is like a rice cooker, but it's badass. But they have the, it's called the natural pressure release where it cooks for a minute at a time and then it it clicks open and lets all the steam out and you can just it's that same kind of it's me using a long analogy it's me pretty much humble bragging that i got a fucking instant pot you know but uh yeah it's just it lets all that tension out of the room which is great because have you ever noticed in a room and mm-hmm. i don't want to break anybody's anonymity or get too deep into it but in a room when someone's sharing and they really fucking push and they start they have a breakdown they start crying and everybody in the room feels it Mm-hmm. And we're either coming out with empathy or we're coming out with tension because a lot of us are really uncomfortable with other people showing emotion. I'm incredibly uncomfortable with other people showing emotion. And that I don't think it's wrong for them to do that. I just don't know how to react. Right. right. But then while they're crying, sometimes they'll kind of laugh at themselves, like to push that tension out. Do you know what I mean? It's like a natural kind of mm-hmm. cracking of the muscle or cracking of the joints. It's like this natural, like, like almost every time I've heard someone kind of get into it that way and then just start laughing like chuckling themselves be like i'm sorry i didn't mean to do this you know and mm-hmm. we do live in a society where we're allowed to laugh in front of each other but we're not allowed to like really push out those sad things you know and i'm really uncomfortable with it like i am i'm uncomfortable with me crying even when i'm alone i get pissed off if i'm feeling sad and i start crying so mm-hmm. if i'm breaking up like it's a fucking storm like i'm trying really hard to not break up so th- i guess my point is it is that kind of smoothing out of things you know that kind of like okay we're gonna smooth this out now it's gonna be all right yeah it's true and we need it i mean we've we've lived we've lived these lives where everything's been under pressure and everything's been so hard and so and we think about i think we think when we're drinking at least i did where that was the release valve right right Oh, Mm -hmm. oh that's what i needed and um when in all actuality, the only relief I was getting from alcohol was the fact that I was addicted to alcohol. And it was right. It was re- bringing relief to that addiction, not to mm-hmm. any other problem in my life, not to any physical ailment. I mean, sure, if I drank enough, I wouldn't be able to feel the gout in my foot. <laughs> right. You know, right. or whatever yeah, it was. That's pressure relief, right? Yeah. Jesus. But um but like that that was the thing is it was only bringing relief to the addiction. It wasn't bringing relief to anything else in my life. And Right. I feel like laughter really brings that out. Is that you're able to like if you can laugh at something, oh, it's easier. It's 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 not as it's not as heavy and that's the thing that i think a lot of recovery for me was here's all these heavy things and wanting to let them go and figuring out a way to let them go and figuring out a way to to release them so that i don't have to carry them you know we talk about part of that is a part of like the higher power stuff right is oh here you've said it like here god right i can't carry this can you carry this for me for a little while yeah yeah 
And that's all it is, is saying, like, here, somebody else carry all this shit so I don't have to worry all the time because I don't want to worry all the time, and life sucks when you worry all the time. Yeah. And it's it's not helpful. You're not helpful to anybody if you're always stressed and worried. Right, right. You know, right. Um, we talked about it before, and you were... You were watching a lot of news lately, and the news lately is that's been fucking me up. <laughs> I don't need to. I don't need to tell most people about what's going on in the world. I mean, it's right it's basically being broadcast twenty four seven on wherever. Right. You're... If this gets put into the archives and you're listening to this in like twenty twenty one, twenty one twenty two, twenty one twenty two, yeah, yeah. Back here in twenty twenty, some shit went fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything went wild. Or everything. basically, yeah, pandemic revolution. Well, how trippy is this, right? Because this will be just floating around out there in the mm-hmm. ether on the internet or whatever. And we were talking about history and cool zones, right? And yeah. It's always stuck with me. You tell me about that. And like people will be able to hear a, a, a recorded account of what's happening right now, you know, where they're like, oh, the, there's this great COVID-19 pandemic of like 2020 and these like this huge mm-hmm. uh, societal change and this huge societal upheaval and Mm-hmm. uprising that's what it is you know this huge uprising happening they'll be able to hear us me and you talking about it talking about mashing yeah. dicks into windows and <laughs> basically you know. yeah i mean yeah, I, I hate to make it all about something you did i mean i've probably right. done some stuff too that i thought was funny i just can't remember i, um, I felt like i was always pissed off when i was drunk you were very angry um, right like i was never doing goofy fun stuff i was just like mad that i had to do something i didn't want to do there's that. Um, I think also you would always – you would fall asleep before me or you would always pass out before yeah. me. So you would always fall be irritated if people were up and stuff. You're like, I'm fucking done. And I, yeah. you know, and I was always impressed by the fact that you would be up early, right? But not because you were full of vim and vigor. It was either probably because you were just fucking couldn't fight the hangover anymore or couldn't sleep through it or – Maybe you had gone to bed a few hours before me, but no, I would be so hungover I couldn't continue to sleep. Like, can you imagine? I oh. just it amazes me because most people sleep through hangovers, and for some reason, I would be so hungover it would interrupt my unconsciousness. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. even sleep; it was just unconsciousness. You know, yeah. yeah. And then I'd just be up and even angrier that I was up and experiencing the full fucking throttle of the hangover instead of trying to sleep through it. You know. Jesus. Yeah, no wonder why I was grouchy. It was a living hell. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, see, and it's just, it just, it feels better to to look back on it and laugh than it does to, I mean, and not that there's, and it's hard because, you know, you were, we were talking too about like what we, how we presented ourselves on social media and how Mm -hmm. we, um, how we like to be funny or make funny jokes or videos or whatever and how it seems it doesn't seem as important now, right? Right. Well, at the beginning of the pandemic, when I was doing my little videos, I was like, hey, we're all in quarantine together. It's super fucking cute. Like, Mm -hmm. not cute, but like, I was just like, isn't this a funny thing? Like, we're living in history. We're all in a quarantine. You need to like, stay home. We're in social distancing. You're bored. I'm bored. We're doing our part. Like, we're Mm -hmm. positive. Let's keep this moving forward. We do our part. We can get out of this quicker. And here's my little joke and my little scenario that's funny. And now I'm like, I don't even because you because I was telling you about how I've been feeling depressed and you were like maybe you should do that and I'm like I've thought about it but then I'm like what my first one will just be me sitting there being like 
you fucking don't listen to me and see what happens. <laughs> like, you uh-huh. guys don't pay attention to me and it fucking gets out of hand. And what jokes do I have now? Like, I can't. We're almost at, you know, we're getting closer every fucking day to like a quarter of a million dead in the United States. And I'm going to be like, where are my little jokes now? But I don't want to bring that, dude. That's whatever. I that hear is you. what it is, you know. No, I get but, it. Like, I get it. I just, I think there's some, I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is. Like, right. As far as and especially during like an uprising, that's what I said too. Like, I don't know how appropriate it is for me to get up there and be like, I'm gonna make with the funny now, even though black people are still getting killed at a disproportionate rate, you know. And like, mm-hmm. I just didn't feel yeah. appropriate. Like, I just, yeah. I was just like, I let's wait a little while, see that's, what happens. Let's that's, that's wait a little make, while, make, make with the f- cat jokes and the fart <laughs> jokes or whatever I'm doing, you know. Yeah, um, but you know, I, I think that it's. The the other thing too, and I say this later in the conversation with Janetta, but like the the joke about you know here in AA we laugh about our alcoholism and in Al Anon they cry about it and right like it's mm-hmm. it's and that seems like kind of a cruel joke because there's these people who have been had alcoholism foisted upon them by people right. dealing with it and so like it's definitely still a disease I feel but that doesn't excuse the behavior. You know, right. and mm-hmm. for people who aren't alcoholics and who haven't been in recovery, who are still who are figuring out a whole nother aspect of it. Right. How to cope mm-hmm. with an alcoholic in your life. Like, yeah, I can't even a... fucking imagine that. Like, no, Mm-mm. not being without the, being an al- yeah, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Just not being me. afflicted with it. Right. But right. also trying to deal with that. And so that's a whole nother thing, man. I'm just talking about right. the, the jokes we make in in you know being alcoholics ourselves and so um but it's true that it's true that i can't not joke about it because otherwise it just seems so grim and sad yeah. and like mm-hmm. work and chores and steps and all that stuff and if i'm not at least having a little fun with it i think there's one there's like a um there's an Instagram page that's like the sarcastic AA book or something like that, yeah. the sarcastic mm-hmm. big book. And it, it makes me laugh every once in a while. I don't really, you know, we've talked about the the angry, bitter, uh, attacking recovery memes that are really not that much fun. Right. But the sarcastic big book is kind of funny and it kind of, I think it also, it helps us cope with the changes that we're going through when we're going through recovery. When you're feeling shitty and you're feeling uncomfortable and it's like, ah, I don't want to fucking do this shit. I don't want to deal with my inventory. And so, you know, dealing with your ego, I think for me it helps to laugh at myself and not to take myself too seriously. Because I think taking myself too seriously in recovery is not really... It's not helpful for me. It's not. I mean, there's there's things that are important and there's things to take serious, but like, right, can't just it can't it can't be a job that I punch in and out of. It has to be something that I can incorporate well, yeah. in my life. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I took myself seriously all the time, I'd just start drinking again. <laughs> I wouldn't have any way to like. Mm-hmm. I would. I would just be. I just yeah. And I take myself pretty seriously sometimes. Sometimes I do, and it's hard for me to like kind of be the butt of the joke you know especially my family like my wife and i do something dumb and she like calls me out on it and i'm feeling very self-righteous at the time it'll like bother me 
And then I'll have to really go, well, what about it bothers you and step back from it and realize, oh, yeah, this is what you're doing is fucking really funny. Like, it's really dumb, you know, because you're all right. Like, taking yourself, for me, taking myself too seriously, I'd just probably start drinking again Mm because I'd be like, eh, well, I mean, I got no other way to relieve this pressure of this very serious business that is me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... I try not to, at least. Who it's, knows, man? You you can't. You not for long, right? And that that's the other right. thing is like if I was, if I was serious all the time, I would definitely be looking for that release, that relief, mm-hmm. and I would look for it in alcohol eventually. And I I don't think that I'm, I don't want to say that I'm never gonna go there because I really don't know that, but um, I don't think that I'm at the point where I would think about drinking as a solution. I think right. that I, I think that my eyes are open enough. Um, I think. I mean, I haven't been to a meeting in three months, which right. kind of I felt this morning when I got up and I was like, "Huh, this is really." I guess it's been bothering me more than I thought. Right. Like I haven't done the Zoom thing in a few months, and I've been mm-hmm. feeling it too. So I'm like, "Dang, I gotta get back out there and open up the iPad and be like, all right, here <laughs> we go. Let's do the fucking wave,' you know?" Right. And so, yeah, I think that. I think that it's important to to uh, for me to be aware of those things and those feelings, right? And I don't have to mm-hmm. before it gets to the point where it's too serious, before it gets to a point where it's like too detrimental to my daily life and I'm just before mm-hmm. it gets to the point where I'm like fuck it. Because fuck it. If yeah. I say fuck it, then I'm in trouble. Then I'm Yeah. Yeah. Then I have I have removed all tools, all ideas all um steps that i can take to not say fuck it Mm -hmm. humor being one of those i don't know i think what are you eating you got mints no i just so and this is the thing i think it's just allergies and so it's like i don't you can probably hear it in my voice those people listening there's like a little tickle in my nose or something, and I'm fucking freaked out, right? Because I'm like, do I got the COVID? Are you COVID? eating shitloads of zinc? Don't eat a bunch of zinc. Don't eat too much zinc? I mean, they're just little Is fishermen's that... friends. Is that too much? Oh, oh, no, that's not zinc. Those are just like lozenges. No, I thought you were just mashing. I thought you were either eating mints <laughs> or like just mashing out multivitamins. And I'm like, you're going to pee antifreeze. <laughs> No. Antifreeze? 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 I don't know how to pronounce it. Antifa freeze? Antifa freeze. <laughs> um, I just thought you were mashing mints the whole time, and I'm like, dang, dude, you're just feeling minty today. Well, so, and I don't want to suck on a mint while I'm talking on the microphone, but I find that right. if, I, if I put one of these little mentholated things, like, in the back of my mouth, like, mm-hmm. I just breathe a little bit better. And mm-hmm. so, again, I don't think it's anything other than a little tickle in my nose, but... right. Because I don't feel any "quote unquote" symptoms of the right of the plague. I, yeah, but although know. it would make some interesting podcasts, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would thank you, but I, I hopefully no, not on your end. I was even thinking on like any either of our ends. <laughs> mm-hmm. If one of us got sick, just to like podcast it. I, I don't think I would stop. So fucking shit, though. Yeah, you wouldn't stop. But yeah, what you know when people in my family had it. Dave, Dave, my the last thing I think they thought about doing was a podcast. Well, they don't know how podcasts work, though. <laughs> well, I'm like, it's like radio on the internet. It's like a radio show. Yeah. Um. So I, I think that if I was to fall ill in any real way, I would still try mm-hmm. to, to carry on, even if we did yeah. a short one. You know. 
Yeah, and also I didn't mean to call you out in front of everybody. I just didn't. You no, no, just no. kept going back to the thing. So I was like, do you have like chocolate-covered Altoids right now? Is that how you're rolling? <laughs> like I didn't know what you had. I was like, what treat do you have they over there? Used and you're to like, have. The yeah. Fisherman Friends, Jerry. <laughs> the They're delicious. Friends, which, I mean, I've gotten used to them. I just like the mentholated like bit. And I've also yeah. found, here's the other thing. So when you wear a mask or a bandana or whatever uh-huh. you wear, and I pop one of these, my the airflow oh, is fresher. Nicer. Yeah, yeah, so it's nicer yeah. than because I'm already kind of covered up. I've stank up a mask. Like Megan and I, we'll, we'll take the dog for a walk, right? Mm-hmm. And even though we're outside, we still will wear our masks. We take the dog up to the cemetery by my house because mm-hmm. no one walks in the cemetery because it's full of dead people, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we can go up there and take our masks off and just kind of freely walk without having to run into other people. But we'll wear our masks all the way up to the cemetery. And I wear like a paper N95 mask and I can just smell. Yeah, I can smell my stank. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, Jerry, like you shouldn't eat all that fucking garlic hummus. Right. You went on a walk. That's a good idea, though. I'm gonna eat a mint. Have you also noticed too when you t- when you're done with the day, and you take the mask off, everything smells really strong and really good. Like mm-hmm. you can smell the grass and the trees and stuff. Yeah. So that's the one thing I look forward to while wearing a mask is every time I remove it, like my house smells like my house, but stronger. You know, because mm-hmm. I I've deadened my smell. You know. Yeah. So there's the humor in that. You can become a super smeller if you wear a mask and do your part and don't get other people sick. Yeah. Your ding dong. Yeah, ding yeah. dong. So I think that um your doorbell. That's what I do with the 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 mints with the with the fisherman's friends. That's why. So oh, it so, just helps your podcasting performance. Is correct. Correct. Yeah. Um. So, but I I I have always, as far as hu- I've always been a fan of humor and I've always been a fan of comedy and I've always like mm-hmm. to laugh and make people laugh and all that kind of stuff and and I think that it's a it's a pretty easy transition in recovery to crack jokes at the dumb shit we all used to do you yes. know yes mm-hmm. um stuff like you know going from going to the different liquor stores like so that you don't get caught or so that the 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 clerk at one liquor store doesn't think you're there all the time, even though he knows you're there twice a week, and that's enough right. to know. Right, like you're some incognito alcoholic fucking master of disguise. <laughs> like you're like, oh man, I really fooled this guy today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though you're, like, he's like, this is the second time you've been in this week for a fucking bottle of Rumplemints at like 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come yeah. on, uh, you only like, need to do that kind? once. Yeah, like once, really. Not even once a week. Like, you only just need to do that shit once in your life. Like, oh, man, we're having a hot chocolate party tonight. Better get to rumpy. You know, <laughs> not every Wednesday. Right. That guy comes in here really sad, and he wants a bottle of rumple mints. Having a lot of hot chocolate parties these days. It's the middle of summer, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, having a hot chocolate party in my car at 10 a.m. Right, <laughs> it's just exactly. Me and the rumpy. Yeah, dude. Jesus. Or in my case, I didn't even drive, so I was just having a hot chocolate party on my bike, on the bike path. God damn. Yeah. yeah, dude. Just Did you ever drink and your... you used to drink and ride your bike all the time, right? All the time. Yeah, I would ride my bike home from where I'd get a bottle of fucking bourbon and ride back to work or ride home from work on the bike path and then I'd get to like one of the under the bridges under the freeway where it was dark and kind of pull off and open up my bag and unscrew the cap and take like four slugs really quick and then put it back and then get back on the bike and start trucking. I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. All yeah, I used to get drunk on my bike. I've had bike accidents from being so drunk, which I imagine other people have had too, like bad bike crashes, like fucked up. Oh man, it's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I mean I never, 
You mix a drink and put it in the little fucking thermos and put it in your cup holder. Mm-hmm. You're like, Mom, I'm going to afternoon ride. And then the <laughs> afternoon ride ends up at the bar. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then you're like, I don't even know what dimension I'm in right now. I guess I'm taking a cab home maybe. I don't know. Sure. I don't cab? know. Where's my sure. bike? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's a hot dog in my pocket, but that's fucking cool, I guess. I used to have, I I remember having a chicken tender in my inside coat pocket that I stole from yeah. some restaurant or your, something like your that. Your emergency tender? You're just like, bam, I need to sober up real quick. I'm going to exactly. That was. My, I would just have yeah. a little piece of fried chicken in my pocket like, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, dude. I did that at a Halloween party one night where we I was wearing a suit for some reason because it was my go-to Halloween costume. Usually was just put a suit on and, you know, I'm Halloween or whatever. And I remember being at the hors d'oeuvre table, just stuffing broccoli and cheese in my pockets mm-hmm. and then being out on the dance floor, dancing with Megan and taking broccoli out of my pockets and eating it because I was too drunk to dance. So I'm like, yo, if I get some broccoli in my system and some cheese, <laughs> I have the back up in my pocket. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so it's like we're just so filled with ridiculous stories and the behavior is absolutely ridiculous. And a lot of it wasn't. Oh, I don't I don't know. I don't I want to say that some of it wasn't hugely detrimental there was a lot of humor there was a lot of funny there was a lot of laughter there was a lot of like just cracking jokes and having a good time and i don't want to discount any of those things but i do know that it was part of me avoiding other issues in my life that were detrimental to me that just maybe needed attention. You know right, what I mean? and I was and ignoring them. that attention, ignoring them, yeah. And yeah. also, I want to just double back real quick and mm-hmm. just say, like, don't get me wrong. I'll still put a McDonald's cheeseburger in my back pocket. I don't give a <laughs> fuck, dude. I will. I'll save it for later. I've done it. Like, I'll just, put, mm-hmm. I'll just tuck this cheeseburger here. It's a, kind of a lot of calories, but I'll take a couple bites if I'm mm-hmm. feeling low blood sugar. Yeah. And save it for later. Yeah. So yeah, we can still be ridiculous in our sobriety. We can still be, uh, we can still be <laughs> fucking absurd Cheese, in our recovery. Cheeseburger pockets, you know, like mm-hmm. they got the cheeseburgers. It just makes but, um, makes the bumps a little bit easier when they come. Yeah, you just that. Like if my wife was like, "I'm leaving you," and then I just crank took a cheeseburger out of my inside pocket, <laughs> took a bite, and then put it back in, and like, I get it. I understand why. I understand. I understand. I just needed that little uh, lukewarm pickle. <sighs> mm, yes, the pickle. Yeah. Oh, I haven't had McDonald's in a long time. I've had it. I've had it a few a weeks. I'm not gonna, a couple weeks. I'm ago. not going to judge you for it. I mean, I don't care. No, you should. I, I treat myself every once in a while. I'm like, this blows out my fucking budget for the day, but fuck right. it, it's worth it. Yeah, I'll go home and I'll still enjoy my day. Maybe I'll drink a lot of water. That's but that's, uh, that's yeah, important. <laughs> that's my budget right there. That's my compromise. My calories. You get to drink budget. a shitload of water later, Jerry. It'll be awesome. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think it's it's good. And there's live, laugh, love, right? Live, laugh, love, dude. <laughs> you gotta live, laugh, love, live, laugh, love, love, laugh, live. TikTok, TikTok's turning us both into socialists. Yes, basically. Um, we're living, laughing, and loving. That's where the joke that live, laugh, love. Have you seen that one yet? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not going to describe memes on a podcast, but goddamn. Yeah. So, yeah. but I have found is like one good thing that you can do. So social media, and maybe it's it's an overload for a lot of people with everything that's yeah. going on. It's an overload, even if even if you are active and interested and um and want to stay informed and want to be a part of a solution. Um, I found that like what I'll do is I'll go online, I'll go into Instagram or I'll go into TikTok and I'll just type in birds, right? And I'll be like birds uh-huh. birds of TikTok, and so then I'll just spend really? some time. And I'll just scroll through birds. 
and I'll look at I all these cool birds. I searched on TikTok yet. Yeah. I didn't so, realize you could search. <clears throat> you can search for anything. You can search for whatever. You can search for tattooists, probably, or, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't want to look at that. <laughs> I really don't. I, I'd just be like, I got butts. Of those. <laughs> Who's butt? Anybody's butt. I don't care. Just all butts. <laughs> you can look butts. You can look for birds. You can look for whatever. Birds of butts? Birds butts? Maybe There's birds coming out of butts? Birds coming out of butts. Monkeys fly Word. out of butts. Yeah. I do love that you're like, you can look up tattooers. I'm like, no, I got enough of that shit in my life. <laughs> right? I'm looking Like, even something. on Instagram, I'm actually purging some tattooers mm-hmm. just because I'm like, yeah, how many fucking different tigers can I look at? Like, I've been following more painters, like other artists, right. like fine artists and stuff. Mm-hmm. Tattooing still interests me, but I mean, how many times I hear can you. I see a fucking whatever? You, you know, know what I mean? Like, the you, same image over and over again. You know what I would love to see? And not that it's, it's really any of my business how you spend your time, but I really... Let's see, though. I, well, I'll just put it to you in a different way. I really enjoyed the time-lapse photography of you painting. Oh, yeah, I and I that should do more of that. Cool. I have not figured out the right tripod setup for it yet. Okay. I have a ring light that has, like, a little tripod thing on it. Mm-hmm. that, But I haven't figured out where to position the camera because I paint at an easel. Right. I don't paint sitting because it hurts my back to sit down to paint mm-hmm. now, too. So I do a lot of painting standing up. And it's really hard to position it the right way without crashing into the camera because I move a lot too when I paint. Like I right. back up and look at it. And so as soon as I can figure out, like maybe get a gooseneck tripod or something that I can mm. click to the easel mm-hmm. that you can get the image in. I bought a gooseneck one a while ago, but it broke because it was a cheap piece of junk from Amazon. So mm-hmm. as soon as I can figure that out, you're going to get a lot more of those because I feel like people are really interested in seeing the process. It's like one thing to be like, look at what I made. And everyone's like, good job, Jerry. You're the best. We love you. <laughs> and then it's another thing to be like, watch me make this thing. People find that are a lot more interested in that. And to me, it's even fulfilling for me to look at it and be like, wow. Mm-hmm. So that's how you do it, Jerry. Sped up. You know, <laughs> right? that's how you do it fast. Yeah. Well, I was just I was just impressed by I was like, oh, because you usually do Thank like you, these, by the way. Yeah. You do these large, mm-hmm. these huge pieces. Mm-hmm. And it never occurred to me that like you would need somewhere to rest the side of your hand oh yeah the paint. molly stick yeah so you, mm-hmm. what's it called the molly stick i call it a molly stick it might be called a mole stick i think it's a mall actually it's a mall m-a-h-l a mall stick but okay. i call it a molly stick because i'm wild dude i don't care about rules molly so it was like this cool a i was like oh stick, that's yeah. fucking awesome because it's kind of like i would only i would only know this like when i'm writing a letter mm-hmm. i'm 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 filling out an envelope and if i wrote who i was writing it to first and then put the butt of my hand up to put my own address then i would get ink yeah, smeared, smeared all over all out. Mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's why you need a, mo- a molly stick so that you don't smear the paint that you're working on otherwise you're not right. getting in there and being all super like i can't touch anything because sign painters use it mostly and well and other fine artists when they're working on big work with oil because mm-hmm. oil takes a long time to dry and i work most primarily in acrylic but i put um additives into the acrylic sometimes to slow down the drying process so i can play with the shading and stuff right and so but if you want to see fascinating time-lapse videos i'll send you some stuff sign painters are the most fascinating people for me personally to watch paint okay i love watching sign painters paint because it's just yeah and it's a lot of that stick and just watching this thing just kind of happen boldly in front of you yeah and i laugh the whole time (laughs) just laugh and laugh laugh and laugh so i think that's good um, yeah. I think that's our program for today. Stay tuned. Our discussion. Did you enjoy our discussion with Janetta? 
Yeah, I don't really talk very much during the interviews because I you ask really good questions. Okay. I just kind of laugh and agree. But I, and, and then you always ask me, do you want to ask questions? Like, no, man, because you're really good at it. And I'd just be like, uh, what's your favorite animal or some – I don't know. That's not I'm a, like, yo, you, you ever keep a cheeseburger in your pocket and eat it? I think I'm going to write that down. That should be the next. You ever keep a – you ever had a cheeseburger in your pocket and ate it? Are you a real alcoholic? Have you ever had fast you, uh, food in your clothes? Are you a real alcoholic? That's that's the first question you should open inter- every interview with from now mm-hmm. on. Are you a real alcoholic, though? <laughs> like, can and you prove it, it to me, please? Yeah, prove it. Prove it. Have you ever pissed yourself in, in, during a family holiday? Have you ever piss on someone else uh, and they didn't want you to? Right. That's the one, yeah. So. Yes, I Yes, I have. I'm a real alcoholic. Yes. My name is John, Welcome and I'm an alcoholic. The... Well, well, have a seat. We got a podcast for you. Yes. Yeah. So thank you. Enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, John. All right. So how do I... Oh, let me stop it.
Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>